return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. The magic, the might, the majesty of Manchester City champions 2022. It's a save that leads the World Cup for Australia. They are going to the World Cup in Qatar. For all your sporting news, reviews and previews, this is the Sports Desk. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Desk on your Friday morning. And it's September. It is September officially, Sam. Does it feel a bit warmer for you? Uh, Not so much warmer, but it's a bit nicer. (laughs) Although El Nino Nino stays around, so it's going to be a wet September anyway. But uh, look, I can't believe we're here. Good morning to Michael and good morning to Jason. Morning to you, Sam. Oh, Morning to you, Sam. Good morning. Welcome to September, my friend. Oh, July. Better off since April died. I can see September through the trees. It's beautiful. A bit of poetry there, Sam. We love that in the morning, don't we? Gosh, so much sport going on. Oh, it's just such a great time of the year. Freshly cut grass, sun is out, and footy is at its absolute peak. So, no, we're looking forward to talking all about it, Sam. All right. Well, we might as well crash straight into the news hot off the press. Um, we do have to cover some NRL. That is the other footy in town. Well, yeah, rugby. very true. Um, and unfortunately for Melbourne Storm, uh, Parramatta have given themselves a big shot at ending the longest premiership drought in the uh, NRL after beating Melbourne twenty Melbourne Storm twenty two to fourteen. Uh, to claim the last spot in the top four, the Eels pulled out a 65 minutes finals-like defence before conceding three late tries on Thursday night. It was enough to wrap up the coveted top four finish, leapfrogging uh, Storm, who finished fifth, their lowest since 2014. Jeez. Parramatta's win sets up a qualifying final against minor premiers Penrith. Penrith Stadium next weekend. So heating up, not so good for the Melbourne Storm, but interesting results. Um, look, as it's the final round of the NRL this weekend, uh, and uh, here is currently who's sitting. Uh, it's the Panthers up top, Sharks in second, uh, the Cowboys in third, Eels in fourth, Storm in fifth, uh, the Roosters in sixth, Rabbitohs seventh, Raiders eighth, and uh, just sitting outside, the Broncos and the Dragons. Interesting. Oof, breathing a lot of fire there, the Dragons. Hey, hello, <laughs> hello, hello. A um, lot happening in the world of the US Open, Sam. Serena Williams, as we know, she has announced her retirement and she will be playing her very last tournament here at the US Open currently. She has kept her hopes alive for a potential, potential 24th Grand Slam to equal the all-time best with Margaret Court. She's She's got a nice win in her second round uh, of the US Open. She defeated world number two, if you don't mind, and she has set up a mouth-watering clash with Australia's Isla Tomlanovic in round three. It was a thrilling win. Both, ga- both games that she's played, she's been playing on adrenaline, emotion, and the crowd have been with her every step of the way, Sam. Another capacity crowd of 29,959, almost as if COVID didn't happen in the US. But it's an incredible um, feat that she's achieving right here. And uh, Annette uh, Contevit, as we said, world number two, she defeated her and she is into the third round. So can you believe her ranking at the moment, Serena Williams? As we know, she's been out of the game for a while. Rank number 605. She's definitely not playing like that, Sam. And uh, as she's been <laughs> saying to the crowd, 
I'm a pretty good player. You know, she certainly hasn't lost her modesty, Sam. Yep. So, um, look, we just love her. We love her appetite for the game. And uh, wouldn't it be amazing if she did um, do something magical at Flushing Meadows? Amazing, amazing. And, uh, of course, there's always stuff going on with Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> what is the latest? Oh, yes. It's, um, it's again, it, it's bubbling over at... The the recent thing has been about his about his girlfriend being in, involved in this swell of rumours and speculation. Um, you know, there's been calls of her to <laughs> walk out of the situation with Nick, um, but it always just seems to you know take away from how well he's actually playing yeah, in so the tournament. Let's talk about that. Uh, what what I know we mentioned he uh, was going to face. Uh uh, his best mate, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, uh, Tanati Kokonakis yes. in the very first round. He said that was the hardest game he's ever played in his life. Oh, wow. Um, they are so close. They play, well, they're doubles champions together. So the fact that he had to put that aside and try and beat his best mate, that was really difficult. But Nick did win his second round match against um, Benjamin Bonzi from France. Um, quite convincingly, he did lose a set in that. But there's a lot of other Aussies on day three that were playing extremely well. Alex Diminar got through against Christian Garland, a guy from from Chile who bet uh, Alex Diminar in the Australian Open recently. Uh, Jason Kubler got through against Mikhail uh, Yima from Sweden. Um or that game is, I think it might be currently happening. Uh, I think he is through. Um, and Jordan Thompson came from two sets down, if you don't mind, uh, to defeat Daniel Gallon. So there's a lot of Australians doing extremely well. It's just a shame that there is so much um, frustration and uh, speculation over Nick Kyrgios at the moment, Sam. Yep, definitely is a shame. Okay, it's deadline day in the soccer as well, so there's going to be some crazy transfers uh, happening, well, well, happening because uh, happened. Sorry, because it closed <laughs> at eight AM our time. Uh, so a couple of ones are t- still yet to finalise. I don't know if it's actually gone through, but Chelsea uh, may have Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, um, former Arsenal man, moved to Barcelona. So that could be interesting uh, after their um, shaky start. Uh, a few other ones here. We've got, um, of course, Man City. I've got Sam Endozzi, uh to uh, to Sam Southampton. Um, Idris Gier, PSG to Everton, was undisclosed. Uh, a couple other ones here. Uh, Maitland Niles, Arsenal's gone to Southampton on loan. And uh, Manuel Akanji from Borussia Dortmund has come to Manchester City. Um, James Garner, Manchester United to Everton. So a couple, not, not too big ones th- this time round, um, although... Technically, if, as long as they submitted the paperwork um, on time, there might be some ones revealed later this morning. But that that, that interesting, and uh, they played a midweek round. We'll get more into that later. The Premier League, but uh, Manchester United won this morning, so they keep that uh, going on. Uh, and on Wednesday, uh, we were talking about the Australia Cup last week. Uh, it's, it's the quarterfinal stage, um, and. We have had some crazy, crazy upset, uh, upsets. And I don't mm. think in this whole Australia Cup, FFA Cup history, we've ever had two stuff. local teams remaining this far into the competition. So I'll tell you what happened. Sydney United went down 2-1 to Oakley Cannons. <laughs> Oakley Cannons. Wow. So <laughs> they have made it through. Wow. Uh, Sydney United 58 have defeated Peninsula Plough, so they've gone through. Brisbane Raw <laughs> defeated Adelaide United 2-1, and MacArthur have beaten Wellington Phoenix 2-0. So it's pretty much two for two. Uh, 
A-League teams and local teams. So that's going to be interesting if... um, if either make it. I don't know if, from recent memory, if any local team has ever made the final. Gee. It's, it's, it's incredible that there's this opportunity for these clubs, almost a mighty duck story or, you know, one of these things where they can, they, they can you know, try their arm against some of the best clubs in the country and a lot of them are doing extremely well and punching above their weight, Sam. Uh, to clarify about the Nick Kyrgios situation, I think there's been chat over his his box not giving him enough encouragement or, or him wanting more from his box. They're not so making Wimbledon all over again. Pretty much all over again and, and that's why there's been calls for, for his partner to, to sort to step away and for the rest of his his support team to step away because there's more and more scrutiny coming on them because they're not giving Nick Kyrgios the support that he wants so it's a bit of a messy situation then obviously with the other drama he's got the the Polish lawyer and it has been confirmed that it was a Polish lawyer um, the lady who supposedly to Nick Kyrgios's remarks had 700 drinks um, drink of red cordial drink a lot of red cordial at Wimbledon so so there is a little bit of drama circulating around then there's obviously that pending case back in Australia as well that court case so there's there's a lot going on for Nick so look if he can put that all aside and actually win the tournament or, or get deep into, um, you know, potentially those final stages, then um, he'll be doing very well to, to dodge all those distractions. Sam, also uh, the cricket, uh, the Australia versus Zimbabwe ODI series. Yes. Um, Final game of the three-part series tomorrow at 9.40 a.m. our time. And it was Australia recently that had a very commanding win in the second ODI against Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe only managed to scrape through with 96 all out in the 27th over. Mitchell Stark, man of the match, got a very impressive three for 24. He was sending down Thunderbolt, Sam, uh, (laughs) rattling those stumps. And it must be said... When he gets in that kind of rare form, he is going to be, I think, a very dangerous prospect in the tweet in the T20 World Cup finals when they come around in October in Australia, as we know. But Australia easily winning that game by eight wickets with Steve Smith, a very impressive 47 off 41 runs, and Alex Carey also chipping in with 26 off 33. So the Aussies doing very well in their preparation for the T20 World Cup, which they host. That's Any very much a speed run. You hearing that? Uh, that's uh, that's playing cricket on speed run, Sam. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about on the sports oh, desk today. Do. Footy finals is here, and we can talk about that next. And of course, we've got AFLW uh, and plenty more things to come on uh, the sports desk on your Friday morning. And of course, well, I couldn't play this. It is Friday, the second of September. We've got to get this going. Twenty-first night, September. Earth, wind, and fire. September on the sports desk, uh, and of Get course, your excited. That was great. It's time. <laughs> we can't not be in September and not play that. Oh. You, you did scare me because you made me think when you said, "Oh, it's September. We need to play this for a very brief second. I thought you were going to go. It's that one day in September we all want to remember. <laughs> I'm glad, Almost I'm a couple weeks off that. Yes, I'm yes, glad you resorted. To the the proper mech, the proper way to introduce the, this great month, springtime. Right. Well, well before we get in, 
It is AFL finals time. As the home and away season draws to a close, the final eight remain. Danaher is within range. Oh, what a kick! Danaher! It's going to be the Tigers who keep their season alive and Tom Mintz with his fourth goal. Melcham been terrific all night. Pickett kicks. Is it a point or a goal? It's a goal! Murphy going back. Heaney as well. Game one, 50. Clever tap. Frank has arrived. Are you ready for the 2022 AFL Final Series? Peter Pridgewitt is Michael Serpel and Sam Ennett. And Mr. Jason himself. Oh, Savvy. Oh. Got to turn my mic on, Sam. <laughs> Hang on. Here there we go. We is go. that better? That yeah, was unbelievable, Sammy. Does that get you pumped that, up for the finals? That was exciting. <laughs> my hair was raising up on my skin. You saw it, didn't you? That was goosebumps. I did have, have a little goosebumps. bit of a laugh at the fact that uh, I just wanted to have a bit of fun there. Uh, we had to get head-to-head, arm-in-arm, Michael and I, to hip and be heard. Bit of, hey, come on. Bit of a classic one-on-one contest. Bit of one-on-one contest. Classic one-on-one contest no in the jump, forward line. No jumper I've, grabbing. I've never done very well as a defender, so I'll play the role as the forward in that instant. In that instance, uh, no, well done, Sam. It was a wonderful promo. I did have to laugh at the fact you did have to include uh, the final siren between Carlton and Collingwood. We have to keep bringing it up, but it is. Well, an... it's yeah. I had to feature moments from you know all the teams that made the eight, um, uh, and well, it's an exciting final series, and it's already begun. Oh, uh, really? Has. With momentous. Um, uh, Thrilling football. I love that game. Wow. Incredible, incredible. Here is the final 10 seconds, if you don't mind. Uh, Block your ears, Richmond supporters. I'm glad you got your edit correct. Yes. You've got it right. For all those people listening at home, they played the Richmond song as soon as the siren went. <laughs> and they must have been thinking to themselves, oh, there's no way that, that um, you know, with a minute to go that 
Brisbane can steal this game, and guess what they did? <laughs> oh, they stole it. Well, and Danaher, of all people, to do yeah, it. Yes. Yeah. 16-10, 106. Defeated the Richmond Tigers 16-8-104. That is classic footy scores, you know, oh. over 100 points. It's just glorious to see. What, what year are we in? <laughs> Epic game. Lockie Neal, 39 disposals. Hugh McCluggage, 26 disposals. Zach Bailey with 24. And three goals to each. Charlie Cameron, Joe Danaher, <laughs> Eric Hipwood, all with three goals. And, look, I just want to say something about Joe Danaher. Like, he had not been near it all game, having probably one of the worst games of his career. I was so prepared, to, Sam, I was so prepared to walk in here this morning and go, Joe Danaher, worst key forward in AFL. However, uh, oh, as you were about no, to talk about. And not to mention finalist as well. He's he's really um, the last, well, last season for Brisbane, he just did not feature at all in the final series. He almost had a, a Jack Darling kind of... Uh, you know, monkey on his back with with the way that he was playing in finals. I was going to say it was just Essen and genetics. And, and there was and there were moments there where you just thought to yourself, like, is he ever going to get to a point where he can actually play finals? Because I mean, there are plenty of players coming into this finals. We will talk later, like your Gary Rowans, who yep. they play great home and away seasons, and they're real versatile players and key players to their clubs. But when it comes to the finals, when it comes to the whips cracking, they really seem to struggle. But I think it's worth mentioning. So Danaher, he he tries to go for an unrealistic mark early on in the game. He goes for another mark and he pushes his player and Lincoln McCarthy marks it. And we're thinking here, with about a minute minute and a half to go, this is the moment where Brisbane can snatch it. But it was a free kick against Joe Danaher and we're thinking, oh no, he's done it. Jason's already writing Mm. the script. (laughs) Lynch misses at the other end, which we'll talk about in a moment. And then Danaher at the other end of the ground with a minute remaining on the clock exactly, kicks the goal. So talk about redemption. Talk about redemption. What was your breakdown watching it live, Sam? Well, I was bouncing up and down on the couch as excitement because... What a game. Sorry, Tigers fans, but... uh, it did thrill me that they did, did lose. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's that. just classic footy. It's classic high-scoring football. There weren't too miss- many misses in the no, game. there weren't. So it was just end-to-end stuff. It's what you want to see for finals football. Um, and if, if any other games are going to be like that, then we, we're in for a wild ride <sighs> wow. this September. Um, but, yeah, of course, you mentioned the goal. Yes. Uh, controversial point. Controversial <laughs> point before that at the, the other end, the wasn't arc. it? The yeah, arc. We got to talk now, about it. Uh, look, it's one of those ones. It's I, I I don't know. It's very difficult to say, uh, and really because the system is well, the only one who can see it is inside the arc, mm-hmm. uh, who are making those calls and stuff. And uh, well, uh, and then the other fact they were talking about, Lynch was very disappointed with his shot on goal because him himself thought he hadn't got it either. So yes. And I think you've got to look at the player's reaction because the player is the closest to the action other than the goal umpire and some of the players around the post. But yeah, but uh, the do, they, call do you was think a they goal, use it as the, a review point? I, I would hope not. Um, yeah. But equally, I think the player knows better than anyone when they kick a good... Like, even if he did kick the goal, I wonder if he would have reacted like, oh, I've just botched that kick, even if it did go through. I just wonder whether that body language would have played into it. It reminds me of, I think it was Josh Jenkins in a in a showdown final. He kicked, or, or a showdown, should I say, he kicked the goal, but he wasn't 100% sure. All the, all the players around him were celebrating, but he himself was pretty subdued, and it turned out that it was a behind, but they allowed that as a goal. I personally think, though, out of all of this, I think the goal umpires call 
for it to be a goal was was the wrong call in the first place. I, I didn't actually like watching yep. watching it live. And again, I'm not at the game watching angles on the TV, yep. and that's essentially what the arc are working yeah. with Sam. Hence the criticism. But looking at it live, you just thought, no, I think he's actually missed that. But again, we're talking about goal line technology here, but we're actually talking about the ball crossing the post at the very highest yeah, point of the post. I think they need to think when they, they upgrade this? this even more mm. uh, and put more money into they just got to have every scenario. Like, have a laser going across. Have know, a drone. Have a drone. They, they always <laughs> have drone. these great aerial footage right of the game. What, Build what a you, metal beam coming out of the top yeah, of the post. Why don't you have two drones that are hovering above the post? Like, you, you'll get better angles. Pretty sure the drone They'll footage is They'll get better at it. They'll get they some kind to. of AI to work it out. <laughs> What were you going to yeah. say, Jason? Well, you could maybe build some uh, metal beams coming out of the top of the goalpost, have that go up all the way into the spectators, <laughs> <laughs> directly up. If you Take hit it that, space. there you go, it technically counts, hit the post. It's just it's just one of those things of um, our crazy game. We, Of course, we've got a you know an oval-shaped ball that curves around the post at the different angle. Like, yeah. I, I think it's other... Sports is pretty clear cut. It's either in the net or it's not. Exactly. But th- this is this is a bit more complicated. Um, look, I've, I've just blown away. So the Tigers are out. They have an early exit at the finals. Yeah. Um, look, to be honest, I thought they were going to win it. Um, I thought they did in too. the second half of the game. They just they just wouldn't die. Like they kept coming back, and then the momentum switched. And I thought, how is Brisbane going to topple this? Mm. Um, they um, showed premiership grit. They did. Yeah, happened. well, that's what finals experience gives you. So even a team that was not, a bit mediocre this year, not not all there, not the Richmond of the past couple of years, uh, even just fought right until the end. And, uh, well, Brisbane receiving criticism all week and they stood up and uh, after having a few horror shock games... Um, turned it around, and they will face the loser of tonight's game. They will. They will. A couple more points on this game. i just got to say, Lockie Neal, 39 disposals, but it was, wasn't was just the mass of his disposal. It was just how clean he was, um, particularly off his boots. It, it's it was one Pendlebury-level composure. It was. But I think... I think a lot of people criticise footy players for getting paid way too much money, and yes, that may be the case, but you think about the pressure and, and everything Jeez, that comes with the game, going? media scrutiny... But someone like a Lockie Neal, he just strikes me as a guy who works extremely hard at his craft. And for, for whatever you pay him, he's worth every single cent because he puts in the extra hours. And and you just hear about players talking about Lockie Neal's preparation for yep. a game and how much extra work he does yep. away from away from the main group at training to get these little intricate skills right. And Dimmer right. Hardwick said it at the end of the game. He said his foot their football fundamentals, Richmond's football fundamentals actually cost them at, at moments in the game some crucial turnovers, just some bad skill execution. Lockie Neal, he had none of that. His 39 disposals were pure class, and I think he had some record in his in his own personal game, like 15, 15 clearances. clearances. That's second best in, and, uh, in finals history. And look, we know... We, finals. Exactly, Jason. And, and, we know, and we know Richmond don't rely on, on, on huge clearance numbers, but, I mean, that is, that is a massive stat. Well, but Richmond, what they try and do is squeeze you into submission and then mm. push the ball forward with uh, all the pre- you know, defensive pressure and then just attack it. And look, I, I particularly thought Brisbane reacted well after Oscar McInerney's injury early on. Yeah, um, I think structurally, having 
two of their key forwards, Brisbane, playing up the ground. McStay did, did really well yeah. in the ruck, I thought. And and Joe, it, it meant that he had to get proactive around the ground, which yeah. I think actually probably took all the stress out of his mind about having to be a key forward. So, no, I thought Brisbane played it extremely well. Obviously, Prestia getting injured. If, if the Tigers would have advanced, I, I think he would have missed several weeks with a hamstring injury. So it would have been really difficult, I think, for them. But it is Richmond's narrowest loss in finals. It is Brisbane's <laughs> second win in finals over the last, I think, four or five seasons. And they played a few together. So. They certainly have. So. And finals history hasn't gone Brisbane's way. So all that finals history and all that finals uh, experience that you were talking about earlier, Sam, it actually paid dividends in that regard because they know what it's like to be on the other side of a narrow loss like that. And for an, and a little bit of an in-house update between us at the sports desk, my congratulations to you, Sam. You did say that in the you second half it. you thought Richmond were going to do it, but you did, during the week, tip Brisbane to win this one. So right. my congratulations to you on that Claim one. it, Sam. You were the <laughs> Claim it. Claim it. Uh, so, yeah, two points, Victor, Victors. Uh, but we move on tonight. Friday night football. Uh, <sighs> first of the qualifying finals. Um, it's the se- they always do this. They yeah, put they the first do. qualifying they... on the Saturday. I think it's just because of ladder ranking and all of that. But it do does get a bit confusing. It but does. it is a qualifying final. And it's Melbourne and the Sydney Swans, 7.50 at the MCG. And the sports test will be there themselves. The contingency of us will be there for a final. Not me. Well, but, uh, yes, it will be Michael and Sam. So do say hello and do keep up on our Instagram because they'll be uh, shooting we some will. content yep. throughout the night. Absolutely. We're going to interview some some rowdy fans. We're going to be uh, sampling <laughs> some certain Roaming pies. Sam, get on it. Absolutely. <laughs> He'll be dangerous. He'll be getting in the grill of a few supporters. If well, you can find Roaming Has for me, that'd be great. That's your goal. Uh, we, don't, we don't go looking for mullets. Uh, oh, it's just a no. policy here at the sports desk. So, Disgraceful, Michael. Big crowd expected tonight. You were just saying before, off air, first MCG final for 2019 and first home one for the Demons, pretty much. Yeah. I, I well, think. I'm trying to think. Exactly. Well, they're, yeah, since absolutely. 2018, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since they played those finals against Geelong they, and Hawthorne. Even then, did they host them? I don't, they, I don't, I don't think, think so. No, no, they probably didn't. So... Yeah, well, it's just... It's exciting. It's a crazy game. If we're going to have anything like last night, it's going to be great. I'm still at a loss. I know I did say Melbourne last week, but it's the pendulum swinging the other way, I think, now. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think these two teams are pretty even. Of course, they had a few um, stashes out earlier season. Round 12, of course, it was Melbourne 9-7-61. They lost to Sydney 10-13-73. Uh, when Sydney were just... Or actually, no, Melbourne had a few games where they were having a bit of a rough time. And this interesting stat just grabbed out mm. at me over the last couple mm. of days. The Swans have won 10 of their last 12 games against the Ds. Wow. Including seven of the last eight at the MCG. Oh, wow. I think they were playing a replay on Fox Footy and Isaac Heaney had his really um, sort of One Direction style hair at the time. And you sort of thought, gee, when was this game? It surely wasn't at the start of the year. So, the team... The team. So, Christian Salem comes in for the Demons. Out. Jake Bowie omitted. Jace, James Jordan was the midi-sub last week, so he goes out. And for the Swans, no ins, but Sam Wicks was the midi-sub last week. So, no changes for the Swans at this right. stage. Christian Petrarca will play his 150th game in a final, similar to Joe Danaher last night. Does that yep. affect his game? We'll see. And Tom Sparrow also plays his 50th game I tell you what, gents. Um, looking, gosh, looking at this, looking at this game, you just think to yourself: 
and particularly with the talk around the Demons camp this week about potentially gastro going through, you just think of all sorts of finals and, <laughs> and all this talk about our teams fit, you know, Collingwood had gastro when they played the Sydney Swans, did it affect them? So it always swirls around, but at the end of the day, do you take the Ds at the G, their happy hunting ground, or do you look at the Swans and go recent record, recent form, as you've mentioned? It looks pretty good for the Swans, carrying a lot of momentum into this final series. The, the other thing that interests me about the Demons, too, is that I, I think they have another edge. You, usually, if you win a premiership, you then become the hunted, and you're yes. not the hunters anymore. But I feel like because they missed out having a grand final in front of their home crowd, I feel like they want to do it in front of their home fans at the G here uh, and really... So I feel like that's another edge to it as well for them. But I, I'm really at a loss with this game. I originally thought Melbourne, mm. but I'm starting to steer the other way. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts on the game, Jason? Uh, the Simon Goodwin-Gastro scandal <laughs> that has rocked the <laughs> AFL world during the week is, I think is starting to reaffirm my thinking of, of a Sydney win. Michael Hibbard ended up getting caught with uh, the gastro. He got it's caught. been said. Oh, he's, named, he's named, he's so named, so we'll, okay. we'll see if the carnage That's, continues I will tonight. Say, a Christian Salem in is a very crucial in because he is one of those uh, oh, silky backers. Silky, and oh. he can pass like a dart. He does. And what I mean by that is he is precise. Very precise. Uh, will we see some extra time? Don't some we love extra, some finals extra time? Oh, oh, That'd be what? amazing. Well, well, this is a nice little Brisbane segue. Brisbane might get a draw. Well, I th- thought they were going to go to overtime right. briefly last night, but... Well, guys, this is a great this segue because currently at the moment we've been we've been having the theme the last couple of uh, shows where we've bring, been bringing in our AFL grand final records, but I have yes. an AFL first week of finals record which I grabbed directly from the SCG in 2017 where yep. Essendon came up in an elimination final <laughs> against the Sydney Swans. And proved and, that they were a pack of witches hats. And that's that's my only yeah. recollection from the game, Sam. I, had a, <laughs> I remember the sunset was beautiful going over the, the members stand there at the Swan. <laughs> and I had a great steak afterwards, and that was about it. So well, I think for your sake, the less you said show, about Michael. that, the better. The Michael, better. you should start a travel show. <laughs> I, I should, I should. Right. Surpass big break. Um, yes, so I'm looking at this record, and I'm going, you little beauty. So, yes, some great times. But, yeah. gosh, if I had to tip someone here, I think I am going to lean towards the Swans. I just think they're building something special. Um, a lot of people have said, are they before their time with you know yeah, the, the young crop of talent that they've got? They've kind of been the, the quiet achiever this, yeah. this year. Not too much has been said about them. And then, of course, this potentially could be Buddy's last year. So Very true. They've been like that for a few years, however. They've always been a very consistent uh, top eight team, but you don't really talk about them because they're just yeah. consistent. But but this time around, they've had a not, lot of new talent in, embedded into the team and stuff. And they're just, they started off the, the year well and people going, well, you know, um, so look, I, I'm going to change my original thoughts to Sydney. Oh, okay. So that will make the entire panel unanimous to Sydney. Now, I tried going into yeah, bat for Sam on Monday. I Jimmy thought, was the same. I thought the rule was that he has to remain locked in. No, 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 no. He's here in the flesh. Um, okay, because I, I might be changing my tips too based on some of these these ins and outs. <laughs> no, so no, no, enough. no, no, no. We're doing that. Sydney, Gastro however. is an inner demon. You don't want to mess with. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a charcuterie board could solve that, Sam. Well, I'll stick with no. Sydney as well. By the way, gentlemen. So, All right. So. 7.50 tonight, MCG. Tomorrow afternoon, oh, ho, ho. September 3, Saturday, oh, 4.35 Geelong. It's 
Geelong and Collingwood. Uh, do we have to talk here. about this game again, Sam? Yes, we do. Oh. Uh, Collingwood in round three this year uh, defeated them thirteen thirty. Sorry, lost to Geelong thirteen thirteen ninety one to sixteen eight hundred and four. The MCG that was a game. Um, that was a real game, Sam. Oh, that was very. That's where they disappeared in the final quarter. <laughs> they if did. Anyone remembers that? That's so early on. And I know it, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> it's, it's kind of before they. Um, you know, kind of cropped into gear. So we haven't seen the current form of the Pies face face uh, Geelong. Ins and outs. So do we have Jezza Cameron coming Jezza back Jezza Cameron is named, Sam. Jeremy Cameron, Mitch Duncan, Reese Stanley, as we suspected he would be coming back in to the ruck. As that tip goes in, of course, goes out. Jonathan Segler has been omitted. Mark O'Connor, the tagger, a bit surprising. He goes out. Asaba Radagalia, who played pretty well in that last round in the back line, he is omitted. And Brandon Puffett is also omitted as well. But the big in for the Collingwood Magpies is Taylor Adams. What a story. He comes in for Finlay McRae, who has been omitted, and Oliver Henry, who was last week's Medi sub. Brody Mychek plays his 100th game, Sam, as well. So got to that mark pretty quickly as well. The guy who was was nowhere to be yeah. seen. Um, and here he is, you know, one of the key forwards for Collingwood and played off in a grand final as well. So this congrats to him. atmosphere, as a neutral, like there's probably not going to be too many neutrals there, to be honest. I but, think uh, so. That atmosphere is going to be amazing. Uh, oh, this is such a such a big game in the in the sense of things the where Collingwood have come from uh, and the Geelong that we've seen all year uh, be pretty dominant and n- knew that they were going to be eager to rectify from a few years ago and aging players and stuff. They've all been, you know, talked under the ground and and, and, and players like Hawkins. He, Probably in the best form you've seen in the last couple of years. It's just incredible. So, oh, it's. I'm really. I, I think Geelong for me this time round. I know Collingwood have had this amazing ride this season, um, and thrilling for those fans that you know, ten wins a row in the last. <laughs> uh, and to come from where they were on the ladder, like. Uh, I know they made the statement during the week. Pendlebury was saying, "Oh, we're a liked team now. We're not hated." You're still hated. It's oh, just absolutely. everyone likes Craig McRae. Craig McRae, you said this, absolutely. <laughs> Spot on. Um, so, yeah, it's hard not to dislike him and uh, what he's done with them. Um, so it's going to be a cracking of a game, but I just think Geelong are going to have that edge. They've been there consistent, pretty consistent all year. A few big ins. Um, Collingwood's momentum got them so far. Though. I think they tripped second last round against Sydney. They did. Um, and the last couple of teams they played... Uh, apart from Carlton, we were pretty good. <laughs> you, you were, you were. <laughs> uh, probably wasn't stocked up with with. Uh, I don't know how many top eight teams in the last ten games they played. So interesting for that. But I think Cats are me. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I, initially, I did tip the pies, but again, Gastro has came up in the in the Collingwood camp as well. Oh, really? I think I think there well. has been a couple of players there that have that have <laughs> went under the, the 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 Gastro. God, something going. We've done well to avoid it. Guys. This is not COVID, I guess. Yeah, he's very true. Very true. Just a bit of a snarling stomach. But Geelong, last thirteen games they've won. They they are coming into this with with all the form and all the confidence. They've they've had the liberty this year by banking wins early to be able to rest players and manage players throughout the season, like Patrick Dangerfield, Joel Salwood. There's been a few of them. So 
and and they've found players. Like Tyson Stengel pretty much came from a delisted uh, player into the Geelong Cats um, with Eddie Betts' support. He's just became this amazing player now who's just overly consistent and is an All-Australian player because of that reason. And just structurally, Geelong are just so, so strong. So it's hard to see them losing this on structure. I, I, I see potentially Collingwood matching them in the midfield, particularly with Taylor Adams in. So I feel like that's where the game could be won and lost. But in saying all of that, I initially tipped Collingwood, but I will be tipping the Cats in this one. I just think they're just too polished, they're too professional, and they'll be too good. Every point that Michael and Sam has made right now, and knowing what the game we have right now, Geelong, it writes a Geelong win, and I am tipping them. But what if? Sam, what if? That that phrase lingers in my mind every time. I don't want to we see have to bring. I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon even if Collingwood don't win this one, they're going to beat the Dockers or the Dogs. Yeah, I, I feel, yeah, I feel yeah, like you're right. If they like are going right. to get around there, it's going to be the hard way. It's going to be the hard way through the other way. So they might lose this one, but they could potentially go around And is Jamie Elliott going to be clutch way. again? I oh, think he will no. be. We've both suffered, both Michael and myself, as well as you, Sam, have suffered from a Jamie Elliott clutch goal, one of which was tragically after the siren, one of them tragically ruined a final's hope. Uh, You can't write them out. So that's the other qualifying final, and the last one for this weekend, Saturday night, 8-10, Optus Stadium. It's the Fremantle Dockers and the Western Bulldogs. Of course, Western Bulldogs making it into the eight uh, from the below position. So they take on amazing Dockers. They got in because of one point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the Bulldogs <laughs> earlier this year, 11-12-78, lost to Fremantle, 14-11-95 at Marvel Stadium. Uh, look, I'll be honest with the dogs. Look, they're lucky to be in there this year. They've not been around it. They've had that premiership hangover again. Um, and it's just been a disappointing season for them. Just been a bit outside it. Uh, I know they're used to, but I think, I feel like that thing, uh, they've really been pushing over the last couple of years. You know, we're against it. And I think, I think that's been and done with them now. Yep. You can only get so much out of that. Correct. Um, and I, I just, I just don't see them. Defeating this this Fremantle side or up and about, um, they've not played finals since 2013, mm. so I feel like that is a bit more of a momentum and almost f- finishing top four uh, to Fremantle with impressive ins and outs. Ins and outs. Griffin Logue, Jai Amiss. Coming in, of course, he was drafted last year, plays his first ever final. Rory Lobster, the big rock lobster, is in. <laughs> Bailey Banfield's been omitted. Gee, he's been tough this season. He's He's been really good, but he's just on the fringe there. Darcy Tucker was the medical sub. Lloyd Meek has been omitted, but the big out for Fremantle is Nat Fife. He has been injured. Um, he apparently will be out for the rest of the season. So it's a big blow, but they have done. We've got to remember the first part of the season. Fremantle did extremely well without him. Ins for the dogs. Alex Keith comes back in, so some good experience good in the defense, back line yeah. for them. Jason Johannesson, speaking about speedy half backman, he is back. And Toby McLean, umpires, watch out for him. Uh, he is back <laughs> in, but for the outs, uh, Josh Bruce has been stiff. He's been omitted. Yep. Robbie McComb was the medical sub. Taylor Jurey is out for personal reasons, but the big one as well, Tom Liberatore, the so, engine room man. He is out, Sam. Both both injuries are training hamstring on a, wow. either side, so wow. that's pretty interesting. Isn't it? What are your thoughts on the game, Jason? Fremantle for me. Bulldogs, yeah, they got in because of a one point. Any point more, they wouldn't have made it. 
they they've been battling. They've been very reactionary this year. They haven't. They they could develop form. They had. They were on the prefaces yep. of developing good form yep. throughout the year, but they were always chasing their tails to a certain extent. But they are the Scraggers for a reason, so they'll at least put in a bit of a fight. But I think Fremantle yeah, are going to be a bit too strong. I think it's going to be a good, a good game, uh, but oh, f- the fierce Purple Army are going to be They'll be there in their numbers. They'll be there in their droves. It's going to be a wet game, apparently, Sam. I've, I've heard it will be raining there. So whether mm. that changes the dynamic of the game a little bit, maybe those big key forwards that the dogs have, your Sam Darcy's, may not be as influential as they might have been on a dry night. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm no... Uh, I'm just going off the Bureau of Meteorology the dogs are here. One Sam. for silencing home um, crowds, however, they, they certainly are, and and they started their incredible run in 2016 there. So you know it could happen again. But I will be tipping the Fremantle Dockers in this. I know I tipped the dogs earlier earlier in the week, but Tom Liberatore going out, he is just so unheralded. I know he's not within the four walls, but he is just such an in, important cog in that in that midfield system. And I think with him being out, it probably leaves a little bit too much for some of those other midfielders like your Bond. And Pallies and Bailey Smith and Jack McRae. So Trelaw on the wing. Too. Yeah, Trelaw on the wing. Look, they've got plenty of talent. The dogs, but um, how Just many? How many films? How many inspirational quotes from sport movies can Luke Beveridge <laughs> keep conjuring? Seriously, I don't know. Frio for um, me. Yeah. Is, is there one travelling to the east or something? <laughs> no, sorry, the west. The west. <laughs> it might. There might be. It the might sons be like a of the west travelling even north, north west. by northwest. Can they? Can they? Fall? It's not really a sport movie, is it, Sam? No. All right. Well, footy finals continue this weekend. It's going to be amazing. We've got some VFL finals, AFLW, and more to come right here at the Sports Desk in September on your Friday morning. Did you Shazam that? Because you would have heard that that was Shazam <laughs> on hey. Friday morning here on the Sports Desk. Spider Bait, of course. The superhero. And Shazam. luckily, we have now reached the end of the show. You've heard our thoughts on the AFL finals. And by yep. the way, final call out Instagram, Sports Desk on Sin. We have. We would like to see your footy record collections. Do send that through. But now, Michael, Sam, I'm going to leave it to you two to close this show out with some v- AFLW and VFL. Yes. Brisbane Lions and Carlton play the first of the finals for the VFL this weekend, 12.05 from uh, Moreton Bay Sports Complex in Queensland. Uh, interesting. Uh, I think that comes to Carlton's advantage, uh, Brisbane losing their ruckman, so they won't have their, their backup won't be playing now. So Darcy Ford, I think it is. Yes, it will be. Uh, Sunday, September 4, it's Sydney Swans and the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, Blacktown International Sports Park at 1.05pm uh, so we'll see some action from then and of course the AFLW uh, second round of course uh, we'll quickly go through that the opener tonight Melbourne and North to at the MCG uh, Richmond and Adelaide from Swinburne Centre tomorrow uh, and then Alberton Obo, Port, Port Adelaide and Western Bulldogs, Fremantle, Geelong, Essendon and Carlton, Collingwood and Sydney, Giants and Brisbane, Hawthorne and St Kilda and Gold Coast Suns and West Coast Eagles. Get around the AFLW. Gee, Essendon, a couple of um, uh, classic rivalries. A few weeks in a row, they <laughs> yeah. play Hawthorne. They easily dispose of them. Will they do the same to your blue bagger, Sam? We will find out. But I'll tell you what, though, um, there might be a bit of spite in this game as well because Matty Presparkis and Georgia G, who, of course, both played for Carlton, they'll be coming up against their former side. So that'll be pretty full on. But then also in It'll be the first matchup in AFLW history between Richmond and Adelaide on Saturday as well. So plenty to look out for in this round of the AFLW, Sam. 
Well, exciting. We've run out of time on today, but uh, just stay tuned to the sports desk over the next couple of weeks. Exciting time, September. Tonight. Tune in to the show tonight. You will see Michael, Sam and James delivering some content to you over on our social medias tonight at Melbourne. And Jason, you'll be in the arc. I'll be in the arc, yes. (laughs) Certainly will. Catch you Monday. Thanks, everyone. Catch you then.